Why do our words matter as parents? Our words matter because they become the inner voice of our children. Our words matter because it sets the tone for how we run our families. And our words become our beliefs, which become our actions. So changing words is the small one of the smallest things we can do that have such a profound and long-lasting effect on our parenting and our kids. So today, we're gonna dive deep into some words that as a family, we actually avoid. Welcome to the Simplifying Childhood podcast, where we simplify parenting, play, and everything child development. I am your host, Tiffany. So, I'm Tiffany. I'm your host of the Simplifying Childhood podcast, and we are going to dive into episode eight today. All the show notes are available on the website at simplifyingchildhood.com.au forward slash podcast slash eight because this is episode eight so the first word i want to start with today that we avoid is no and i want you first i'm like oh i use that all the time i'm sure you do i do but we try and avoid it what we want to avoid with the word no is think about how many times you actually say that to your child in a day How many times are you telling them, no, they can't have this, no, they can't do that, no, they can't. And it feels like this prison and an encaged of, no, I can't do anything. Every time I turn around, somebody is saying no to me. When am I getting yes? When can I explore? When can I learn? When can I play with that freedom? And We also want no to have a real meaning that when I say it, I mean it. No, you are not having that knife and you're not wielding it towards your sister. That it's a no. Whereas when we use it all the time, it comes diluted because it's this constant um, background noise. No, 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 no. I'm going to tune out. Mum doesn't really mean it. And sometimes too, when you say no and then change your mind, which you can do, you're allowed to change your mind. But then think about how many times does that water down the meaning? The other thing is it becomes quite a negative cycle for us as parents, but also for our children. So what do we do instead? Does it mean I'm just permissive and let my child do whatever they want? No, (laughs) I don't. What I do is I set the boundaries, but I do so in a positive way and focusing on what they can do rather than what they can't do. So instead of taking from them all the time, I'm actually giving them opportunities. So, The classic example is instead of saying, don't run, say walking, please, or actually even more powerful, walking, thank you. Thank you has an assumption that they're gonna do it. Please is like asking them. So walking, thank you. Walking inside, state what they can do, not what they can't do. And also to our brain then hears, it might not hear the no, but if you say no running, our brain doesn't hear no, it might just hear the running and then they'll keep running. If you've ever said to your child, Um, no jumping on the couch and then they keep jumping because what they've heard jumping they might not hear the full sentence whereas if you say sitting on the couch they hear sitting they might not hear the full sentence but what you've given them is what they're allowed to do so focused on the language rather than saying no focus on what they are allowed to do to set that boundary if it's something that you just don't want to do or don't want to give them say if it's something you can give later, oh yeah, we can play that game later. When I finish my coffee, we can go to the park. We need to have a variety of food. You've already had one cupcake. How about we choose something else? Would you like an apple or would you like a pear? Um, and giving them 
that yeah, it can happen, but it can happen later or it can happen under these circumstances. We can't play that. Um, sorry, that was a really poor example. We can play that when we pack up is a better way to say that. Um, and giving them what conditions need to happen to, for them to get what they want um, and putting it in that positive way. When then do I say no? When it's serious. When I say no, I want you to go, oh, she's serious. She means it. Pause, everybody freeze. Mum means it. Um, and then so when I also say no, it's not, no, darling, da, 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 and sweet. It's no, put that down. No, and then whatever the action I want them to do. Same goes with stop, which is my next word I was about to use, um, talk about is it's stop and freeze. And that's because whatever you're doing is so dangerous, I need you to pause. And it's the same with no. When I say no, don't run out on the road. I want you to stop. I want it to be urgent, okay? And sometimes I do say no, don't run out on the road. And sometimes I say no, stop, freeze. And it's a better way to say it. But don't beat yourself up if you use it all the time. What I want you to do first is notice how many times you are using it in a day rather than focusing on changing it all the time. Hubby and I used to have a stress ball that we threw at each other every time we said it, just to bring awareness to how many times we were saying it. And were we saying no to everything or were we saying it to those really powerful moments? The other thing that Hubby used to do, you might kill me for sharing this, but anyway, um, is he would go, no, 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 no. And stop, 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 stop and keep saying it. And again, that loses power because he's not breathing and she's just hearing sound. Instead of stop, pause, wait. No, pause, wait. Or like I said, saying the thing that you actually want them to do. Usually when he would do the no, 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 it would be pouring milk and it's going to pour everywhere. And my question to that is, does that matter? And I'll be like, yes, it's gonna make a mess, a mess then teach her to clean up the mess. Are you saying no to something that doesn't actually matter or there's a logical consequence and a natural consequence that could happen rather than you saying no, they're gonna learn the lesson anyway, through making that mistake. Same with wearing something warm. It's cooler here in Brisbane. I wouldn't call it cold by any means, but it's cooler here in Brisbane. I want my daughter to wear a jacket and I'll say, darling, Put a jacket on, she goes, nah, no jacket, don't want a jacket. I'm like, it's cold. Now, I could argue with her about that. No, you need to wear a jacket, it's cold. Or I'll just pack the jacket in my bag and wait. And she'll tell me, uh, I cold. Like, yeah, I got your jacket, look at me. And she'll go, oh, thanks, Ma. Because I fixed the problem for her. Um, but there is a natural consequence. She got cold, she noticed it was cold, needed the jacket. She'll learn then over time, I'll pack my jacket. So stop's another one. When I, so no's the first word, the second word is stop. Now with stop, I want it to be pause, freeze, everybody, exactly where you are. Something dangerous is about to happen, something big, you are about to run out on the road, you're about to use the carving knife, whatever it is, and I need you to freeze. It's not stop playing, stop annoying the dog, um, stop whatever, it is stop, this is urgent. So I only use stop when it's urgent and I usually will say stop, freeze, and I want frozen with whatever you're doing. Um, could be boiling water, could be chemicals, something like that. 
And we actually practiced that as a game. And we used to run, stop, freeze, and should stop, freeze. And then I'd catch up and we'd play that in the shopping center. And so when she got too far from me, stop, freeze, and that was her cue and she'd stop, freeze. And now I can use it when she does something else and she'll freeze because partly because it's a game, but two, she knows that when I say it, I mean it and it must be freeze on the spot straight away. It cannot be a stop, freeze, stop, freeze, or stop to everything. It must be used sparingly. The more sparingly we use these words, the more meaning that they have. And two, then the language that we're using is a lot more positive with our children on a more regular basis. The third word today that I'm going to go through is careful. And the reason I say we try to avoid careful is what, what will happen is the child will do something dangerous, say at a park, and you go, be careful, stop, oh, that's good, be careful. And there's this panic to it, ah, that then changes the way the child focuses because they're now looking at you rather than looking at their feet doing the dangerous thing. Um, and they're not focused on themselves, they're focused on your anxiety that they can clearly hear in your voice when you say that. Whereas what you can say something like, notice where your feet are, oh, you're getting really high, how are you gonna get back down? One, gets them to focus on a thing to do rather than not do. And two, ask a question to get them thinking about what the consequence is gonna be if they keep climbing up whatever they're climbing. So focusing on their body and bringing the awareness back to them rather than on you. The other thing is when we're doing that, we're also trying to really control, and this comes down to them reflection on your part as a parent, control what they do. So if you say, oh, be careful, you might um, spill the milk if you keep pouring that much. Again, back to the stop, stop, stop example. Does that matter? Can they learn from that fall, from making that mess? Are you saying be careful when the fall isn't that bad? So the example I'm thinking, we have a balance beam that's about this far off the ground and hubby will say, be careful on that. If my three-year-old falls off that, she's only gonna lose her footing um, and if it's not near anything dangerous, like she's not gonna hit her head on a table or anything, she's just gonna fall and lose her footing. It's not that big of a consequence. So interrupting her doesn't actually make sense. Now, if the baby's on something that big, I might say, notice where your feet are, or depending, she's the more adventurous one, I might just go take her off. Um, she's the one who will climb. She climbed the other day right up to the top of the slide. Um, it was above my head. I am only like a meter and a half tall, but it's still above my head and she'd climbed the whole way up the slide. Um, I didn't actually go rescue her because the slide has got the sides. Um, whereas our one at home, Oka Pickle Triangle doesn't have slide, sides. So with there, sometimes I do rescue or I go and sit beside her to catch her when she falls rather than say, be careful, you can't do that. She thinks she can and she proved herself. She got the whole meter and a half high up this slide and then sat up, turned herself around and went down. She's 10 months old. Um, and I could have stopped that. And then that would have damaged her confidence too, because every time you say, be careful, you're saying, I don't trust you. I don't trust you to make a decision here about your own safety. I don't trust you to pour the milk. 
I don't believe in your abilities is what you're subconsciously saying to your child. So instead, make that decision. Is it something that you can let them do? I chose the slide was a risk I was happy to take. You might not, and that's okay. But then how are you going to intervene in a way that still says I trust you or gets them to think about it without saying you can't do it? And like with the milk pouring, is the consequence going to be that bad? So for the baby falling from that height, yeah, the consequence is going to be that bad. Um, and if the side didn't have sides on it, probably would have gone, come on, darling, we're really high up. Would you like me to help you come down and hold her and slide her down? Um, whereas because the park, uh, because the side had sides, I felt confident and I felt okay with her there. You have to make those decisions for yourself, but the word to avoid there is be careful and putting in what you want them to do. So what you want them to observe or what you want them to think about. So words that we try and avoid here is stop, no, and careful. And again, I'm not perfect at it. Parenting is not about perfection. It's not about doing none of these things ever. Because as I said, there are times and places where that works. There's also times where I do say, be careful. Um, and I'm gonna own that and be honest in that. But the thing is, it's about how often are we doing it? Are we overusing that word or that phrase? Are we then saying to my child, essentially, I don't trust you to run your day. I'm gonna run it for you and I need to be in control of everything you do all the time. And is that the message you want for your child? I can't answer that. But when I'm stressed, when I'm tired, those words creep into my vocabulary more because I don't necessarily have the capacity to remember the phrases, all the things. And that's where having other people around you who can remind you, um, like I said, hubby used to remind me, um, can really make a difference. Reflect on it. Think about how many times are you actually using those words and are they helping or hindering you? And then it's time to change. And like I said, it's not about getting rid of the words, but reducing it. So count them. Have 10 minute window or you know a morning session where you play with your child and count how many times you say those words. Once you've done that, I want you to head over to Instagram, find me, Simplifying Childhood, and send me a message. How many times did you say no to your child in that morning session today? One, 20, no shame in it, but I want you to come let me know. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please make sure that you like, you subscribe. Um, it is aiming at weekly, at the moment, podcasts. Sometimes it is fortnightly. Um, simplifying all things parenting, childhood, and making your life easier so we can find more joy in this journey together. Mm -hmm.